0: Hi, I'm Paulina. Hi, I'm Brescia. And we're sisters, friends, daughters, wives, and business owners. And we're just following our dreams, you know, working to be a better version of ourselves every day.
1: All right. And we're also moms.
0: Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Supermama sisterhood. Mama sisterhood.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: Welcome. Everyone. Hi,
1: supermamas. Welcome Hello. back to another episode of your favorite show, the Mass Podcast, with your two beautiful hosts. myself: my, and
0: Myself and my other sister, Paulina and Bricia, how are you, everyone? <laughs> Welcome. What's up, sister? What's going on? What's new in that side of the world? I see your Yeah cada vez your nose is like coming into place.
1: I know. I'm so excited every every day. I wish I would have taken a photo every single day since my surgery just to see the, the difference and the progress because obviously I see myself every day but it's already been six weeks and I think it does look a little bit different
0: it's been six weeks Mm-hmm. what the hell oh my god that's insane yeah that's there's perfect. still a
1: lot of swelling I can yeah. see it I can feel it but you know it's starting to look a little bit normal
0: but you said it's gonna take like months right yeah. Oh my god.
1: I mean, technically, took an entire year for it to fully heal, but
0: yeah. <sighs> oh my god, that's so crazy. But well, I can breathe. That's amazing. That's that's good. Well, Sixta had a little surgery last last Friday, and I was freaking out because of the anesthesia too.
1: Oh my god, I was freaking out.
0: Well, you know, I mean, I I mean, I was fine with it because they told me it was going to be fast, and then the anesthesiologist called me, and he was like, "Oh, we're going to put her down, and then we're going to insert a throat a, a tube down her throat." And that's when I was like, so "What?" Wow. I was like, "What do you mean?" He was like, "Yeah, you know, well, with kids, we just don't want them to, to be awake because they won't let us. And then two, we need to make sure that we have control over her breathing because sometimes they get too lazy to breathe on their own." And I was like, "Oh my god!" So that was the hardest thing. But you know, she was such a trooper. Like, it's so wild how the kids, like the, the you know the third kid, like Krista is such a crybaby. Like todo es, like she's like me. Todo le duele. Like. Eh, eh, eh. But Sixte, she's like, whatever, you know, she's just nothing, like nada. I mean, right now I'm more worried about her getting her hand in somewhere. Like in the morning when she was going to school, her dad was, um, we were walking out and his car was in the street. And when he came outside, she was holding a street cat. Like she was just holding a street. Yes. She was holding a street oh. cat. And then, I mean, I was like, let go of that cat. And, he, and and she was like, oh, look, He's nice. And then the cat slapped her. And she's just what? like, what? <laughs> Dude, It was she, that little kid is wild. Like, I go, well, she's trepida. And, and she's not, not, she doesn't know danger. Like, I'm, I have to really be behind her. And these days, it's been like, stop. Don't jump. Don't this. Don't that. Because she's like, I want to climb. I want to do this. Like, all the things that she's not supposed to be doing with her hand, she wants to do. Like, holding a street cat today, which is crazy. How old is I she was, now? She's going to be five in two months, three months. Wow. I know. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: That's, she's she's, li- like she's not, she's just not even like, she's just like, oh, look at this kitty. He's so cute. Ew. <laughs> Disgusting. I was so mad as you could imagine.
1: Wow. I
0: was so upset. I was like, why would you let her touch a cat from the street? How no. would she pick it up? She just picked him up. She just <laughs> picked up the cat. Like, I don't know. I don't know. She came into the bathroom. She's like, "Mommy, a cat slapped me," and I was like, (laughs) "What?" Uh, uh. I'm so glad I wasn't there because I would have, I would have done something to the cat that I don't want to say on the mic. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. We're not cat people.
1: How is your home
0: happening? How is that going? I mean it is challenging to your marriage when you are doing a renovation I would say mm-hmm. it is very challenging cuz you know what my husband told me he said what? you're dragging us through the desert during this renovation I was like "Damn okay" going to like Exodus Oh well wow. crossing Bible. the board <laughs> Exodus oh. on the Bible?
1: Oh, I was thinking like crossing the border, but yeah. También, okay,
0: también. Got you it. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> también. Like, yeah, you're crossing the desert. He was like, you're dragging us through the desert. I was like, what? That's so dramatic. So, I mean, I Why? am. Because I'm pr- I, I think like I pretty much, I pretty much moved out and I'm moving back in again. You know, My everything. Dream. Like Everything. I'm going my dream. Yeah. I mean, I'm going and I was putting by my closet and I was like, "Okay, it doesn't work. Right. It hasn't worked all these years. I need to figure out how to make it work. So I was looking for like the right drawers or like I needed more cubes. I needed drawer dividers. We had um, a guest on the show and she was talking about how to properly put your clothes And I did that and I was like, oh, and I need dividers to keep them up. You know, I needed things. And so I need things. I need things. No, not not things. (laughs) I haven't bought things. I'm just buying organization things like drawer dividers or like an extra cube to put like Mm -hmm. my pants. You know, I actually put I bought some cubes. And so now there's some baskets. I had some cubes before and I have some baskets that act as drawers so I can pull it out and I can like look at my pants. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because it was a mess before. But he said that I'm dragging them through the desert, you know because i'm I'm just going through every drawer and every closet and every point of my house and just getting rid of everything, and he just wants it done with, and I'm like it's gonna take time, it's gonna take time for it to get where it needs to be, but I think we're like seventy five percent there, so you oh, know good, yeah, it is challenging this started,
1: started as a I want to have an area for the summer. <laughs> I know,
0: <laughs> but you know Cut what? Like, you're driving
1: but, your husband through the desert.
0: I'm driving my husband. But also, I mean, you know, like you were right. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right now, right? If, if not, I'm going to have to do this like every, this is like mm-hmm. once every five years situation, once every seven mm-hmm. years. Your husband came by and he was like, yeah, we're like a seven year point And there are things that need to be fixed, he said. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's Everything. like you need to fix things, you know every so often so this is my chance and i have to wait other five years to do this so next time we're gonna have a second exodus through the desert but like at at, at what point did he say it and what made him say that well you know because there was a point where they painted inside the house so everything was in the middle of the living room and we couldn't live here like we couldn't be here so we had to go to a hotel tonight because the kids couldn't be here they're kids And there were people, you know, painting and and they're just painted. I'm like, I can't even imagine if I were to do something bigger, they were just painting. And so, and he, you know, my husband's very OCD. You should, his closet and my closet are definitely as his and her, but his closet, the lady that helps us, he was like, oh, I thought you did his closet. I'm like, no. Do you see my side (laughs) of the closet? Do you see his closet? Like his closet is super organized. Like it's so tedious. With his things, which is great. So he likes order. He likes order. He wants to see his things. He wants, you know. And so there's things. There was things everywhere. There were bags of trash. There were things. And he was just telling me that I dragged them through the desert. You know. That's his desert. His desert oh. was a house full of. Like he couldn't come in and walk. Did he
1: know. did he know that, what you were doing? Or was of it course like, he One knew. day he came
0: in and he was like. Oh, why are these poises happening? Of course he knew. But you know, I don't know. Men think men think that like it's just gonna be like boom and then like everything's just gonna like a day or two and he's gonna come in. He's like, Oh, everything's back to normal, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm like, This takes time too. So anyway, but yeah, it's been challenging on that part, but it's been really to me it's been really therapeutic. Oh, I
1: can imagine.
0: Yeah, it's it so therapeutic. Like I never imagined how therapeutic this would be. Like I am just like, oh, okay, my closet. Now I open it. I'm like, oh my god, look at my closet it looks so nice, and my bathroom, and the girls' bath, the girls' rooms. They look so much spacious, and there's so much more light. And it's just so much therapeutic for me. Like I'm just, I'm taking advantage, and it's it's been like really nice. That's so awesome. So if you want to come and, you know. Pu- Dust your magic over here because
1: <laughs> I think it dust my magic in my own house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, talking about therapeutic, we had a really amazing therapeutic conversation
1: with none other than Marcela de Villadolid, the chef Marcela. I'm so excited to have her back on the show. Yes. I loved her. I mean, I love her. She's amazing. I don't even think she needs an intro, but do you want to give an intro, Paulina? <laughs>
0: Yes, of course. Marcela Belladolid is an Emmy-nominated celebrity chef, television personality, designer, author, mother, and businesswoman. Growing Mm -hmm. up around expert and traditional cooks in Tijuana, Mexico, Marcela was raised to be passionate about food. She graduated as a classically trained pastry chef in Paris, was a food editor for Bon Appetit magazine, and has hosted cooking shows for Discovery in Español and the Food Network. She is currently co-hosting the Marcela and Karina Show, a virtual live cooking class and entertainment show with her sister and motivational speaker, Karina Valladolid, and she just released her fifth cookbook, Cocinando on Cook Street, in partnership with Little Libros. Marcela resides in Chula Vista, California, with her partner, Philip Button, and their three children, Fausto, David, and Anna, Karina, and their dog, Congo. Oh, I love her. I love both of them. She's
1: us. the best. I know. I know. Both of them. I mean, they're the best. Again, I don't even think she needs an intro. I think everyone is tuning in, not to listen to us, Paulina, but to get to the interviews. So without further ado,
0: here's your interview with Marcella Valladolid.
1: Oh my gosh. I'm going to
0: fangirl. I'm going to faint.
1: Marcela, Chef Marcella's on the show. Que voy a hacer? Dios mío. Somebody call it paparazzi, TMZ. <laughs> We got all the tea, Marcella,
2: Chef Marcella.
0: How are you?
2: I'm good. I'm fangirling over here too. I love your podcast. I love listening to it. I just literally did an interview thing for another project. And I was like, there's so little for us out there. And I mentioned your podcast. I'm like, I'm about to do a podcast in one of the few platforms that I actually feel where people actually, uh, you know, where we're seen. Mm-hmm. And our actual experience this talked about. So I lo- I'm i a big fan of the podcast, you guys. Uh, well, we oh, love you, you since
1: forever. We're huge fans of yours. I don't think anyone listening doesn't know who you are. But for that like 0.0001% that just tuning in, please just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, who you live with, um, and what are you up to these days?
2: Claro que sí. Si. I am... Um, a chef by trade, I would say, not a restaurant chef like you, my deepest respect for those working the line. I said no to that. Okay, I'm not a restaurant day.
1: chef either, but yeah, go ahead.
2: <laughs> I was like, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. Um, but yeah, I'm a chef by trade. I've always cooked um, Mexican food for both traditional and California Mexican food, and I've done all of the super fun things. I've been on the Food Network, Network TV, Primetime TV, all the super fun things I've been into developing products. I just published, published book number five and working on book number six. Uh, most recently I'm doing a lot of online cooking classes, which is super amazing and just keeping at it girls, like just keeping at it and not letting go of this idea that I was mentioning before that there is, I mean, there's been a lot that I'm not mentioning there's product development. I have a, uh, um, an artisanal line Casa Marcela that I sell on my website where I curate product or I design product and bring it from Mexico and share it with my with my following, which is totally amazing. Um, developing a, a food line as we speak. So that there's just a, lo- a lot, of really beautiful things going on, but the, the vehicle has always been food, but, um, it's opened up a lot of doors, especially because of the lack of representation, I think. Um, but yeah, it's been a fun ride.
1: Well, I mean, aside from lack of representation, I just think that it's just you And what I mean, just you is I think there's very few people in this world who are authentically and unapologetically themselves without trying to be anything. And you just are. And it's a beautiful thing to see. And I think the success you've had is really a reflection of your vulnerability out in the world and representing our culture in such a beautiful way. And everyone just loves it. And I think it's it was in your latest book, uh, Cocinando on Cook Street, Cooking on Cook Street, where you write what your mom told you. I don't know if it's in the beginning or the end of the book. I think it's in the end at of the, the book. At the end, yeah. Where you talk about what your mom said. And I would love, um, I don't have the book with me, unfortunately, I'm at the office. Uh, the last thing that you wrote, I would love for you to just talk about, number one, your creative process and writing process of the book. And if you remember the time and when your mom actually said these words to you.
2: And that's the thing. When we were finishing the book with your dear friend, uh, Patty Rodriguez, the founder of little libros, a premier bilingual book uh, publisher here in the U S what an honor to work with her. But they sent me, by the way, we did this all via WhatsApp because I am too old to learn new tricks. So (laughs) they sent apps about organizing and editing and, all these things. And I'm like, dude, we're just going to do this like the Mexican way and do it through WhatsApp because I cannot deal. So one of the messages was we have one page and we would like you to, you know, some, a mess. they actually asked for it, but the, the um, editors asked for it, like a message from your mom. She's so central in everything that you do. Like, and she never actually literally said these words to me and it took me like they kept bugging me about it like we need that thing for your mom and i'm like mi mamá no era así mi mamá no era mi papá my dad was all about dichos y refranes all day long like i have so many uh El humano que no vive para servir no sirve para vivir. Like my dad was all about the quotes all day long. Like that was our, my, me and my sisters. That's what we remember the most. My brother, my sister, myself.
0: So your but dad is mom, the your dad is the OG Instagram feed.
2: A hundred percent. He is all of those frases <laughs> celebres, <laughs> inspirational quotes. That is my dad. Mm-hmm. My mom, no. Like I had, I wanted to be. I didn't want to bull crap about it. And I was like, well, what did I learn from her? What did I just learn from, from her? And my mom, I grew up in Tijuana. I grew up on the south side of the border with a fully Mexican community, fully very traditional, super religious. I went to Catholic school down there and eventually came to Catholic school up here. Super, super traditional. Um, where at the, it's not as much now, still prevalent actually, but it was acceptance within the community was like priority mm-hmm. uh, from, how you raised your family, that your kids que fueran buenos niños, that, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was, it was like a badge of honor to have this, like, to present yourself as having a beautiful family. Yeah. And what I learned from my mom is she didn't give a crap. Mm. She did it. She was very Mm, authentic. She did what she wanted. She her and my dad didn't have the best relationship. She was like, this isn't going to work. I'm not going to get a divorce, but I'm just going to travel the world. She traveled the world with my aunts. Like she wanted to sit, like she wasn't perhaps didn't have the courage to completely break away from tradition, tradition, but she really did teach us that the only way to find your happiness is to be authentic to yourself. And and within the confines of that structure that we were growing up in, we we saw her mm. push so hard to find her happiness and be authentic and use her voice and do whatever the hell she wanted to do within respecting the relationship and the society and the community. No era grosera, no era vaga. Um She was very, era muy propia. She was very proper. She didn't drink alcohol my entire life. Like it, she was very, she was actually quite reserved. But at the same time, she pretty much did whatever she wanted, whenever she wanted. And I think mm. that's the biggest lesson I took from her.
0: I love that because that's not something that you see in a traditional Mexican household, you know, even till this day, it's very, mm-hmm. ¿qué van a decir la gente? It's always like, ¿pero qué van a decir? But like, that's literally a saying that's on our mouth since we're little. ¿pero qué van a decir? ¿Qué va a decir la totally.
2: gente? Listen, if I told you how many times, like in child rearing, I take a step back and I'm like, why am I concerned or making the decision about this? Is it based on how it will be perceived, perceived as a mother or mm-hmm. what is actually best for my child? And right. even with all my feminism, my th- everything that's perceived as being mine, um, I still struggle with that. Mm-hmm. I still, still struggle with my decision making process. I literally have to sit my butt down and be like, if nobody was around to see, judge, comment, what would you do in this situation? And sometimes it, change. mm. it changes depending, me really internalizing that it doesn't matter how it's perceived from the outside.
0: Is that something that you have always felt like, or do you feel like as you, as the time goes by, as your kids get older, as you, you know, as you mature, that you feel that you're embracing that self more? Because I was having a conversation with someone lately and I was telling them that. Does it Those get better? Those that not give
2: a fuckness get easier. <laughs> It does. It does. I think two things are really important. And i try to just say what really, what authentically comes to the top of like to my tongue when, when, when I get asked these questions, number one, I have a ridiculously supportive partner Hmm. in the upbringing of my children and of my career. So to be able to move within my life with a partner that fully trusts all of my decision-making that's a huge one. Mm -hmm. Like it's never a conversation with him and me and Mm -hmm. him and I about what is right for the kids, what is wrong. We both make executive decisions all day long with regards to child rearing. And it's like an Mm -hmm. unspoken rule that we don't question one another. And that might not be right for anybody, but for Mm -hmm. us, it gives us a very harmonious, a very harmonious household where that is our relationship is entrenched, like in trust, full trust. Um, mm-hmm. and we have, we, we live with a child that is not his. So that was instrumental to us functioning as a blended family where he fully trusts my decision-making and I fully trust his with regard. I think the kids like are in too many sports, but that's his jam. Like, that, you know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like we fully just take a step back when it comes to child rearing and what we think is, cause we know we're operating from a place of like wanting truly the best for them. Right. right. Yeah. But the other part of it was a chingasos with humility, like, especially with my, do you guys have teens? Does anybody have teens? I have a 10 year old. God bless you. (laughs) It might be awesome. Like I just heard a podcast the other day where they like, why do they say the teenager experience is horrible? Mine is awesome. And I was like, well, God bless you. Mine was a little tricky.
0: No, she's, she's already stumping her feet, you know, and like, why do I have to do like very give me attitude. So no,
2: well, with him, I had to have the humility at some point of sitting, again, my ass down and saying, what you are doing is not working. Like, what you are doing is not working. Mm-hmm. What needs to change? It's not, if there is a resistance oh, with or you. issue with me. With oh, me. I, I
1: thought okay. with him, you were like, what you are doing,
2: no. fast, is not working. No, with senor, it, was, it, was, it. it was, it was, it was. And I'm talking about, he's a good kid, honestly. But what I'm saying is yeah. the humility to say yep. it's a parenting issue. Like, we're yes. so quick in this society to say, well, they were born that way, La Generacion de Cristal, and they mm-hmm. all want everything given to them and, and, uh, um, se dice? immediate gratification and all these things. Well, I raised him, you know, he wasn't raised mm-hmm. by the neighbor, he was raised by me. Yeah. So, well, you're taking responsibility. Taking responsibility, I think, is a big one for me.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's when people. It's so funny. You said la generación de cristal because we were just talking about that the other day. Like that. My, even my staff says like people are so fragile nowadays. You know. But it it comes to it comes to to like what what do you want for your children, right? Like what what is it that you want? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you an example. Like this weekend, my daughter went on a play date. And my husband forgot to give her money. So then I gave her money. But I didn't have any change because like I don't carry cash. You know, who carries cash? So I had this uh, large bill on me. And I said, you know, you have you can spend half of this and you gotta give me half back. Like, you right. know, I'm I'm like trusting my <laughs> daughter. Yes. You know, I'm like, you gotta give me half back. And la noche llega con sus amigas, and she is just like balling, trying sunglasses. She has a shirt. She has books. She has candy. She has all these things. And she's just like strolling in the house like a baller, right? And so, you know, like a good Mexican mom, like, "Okay, muchas gracias. Gracias por traerla, everything. Se portó bien, Se portó bien. Like, okay. Close that door. And I'm like, where's my change? And she gives me money? like $2 back. And I'm like, that is not what we agreed on. I told you that I want, you know, I wanted you to like, and I said, give me all that stuff. I'm going to return it because that's not what we agreed on. And her face totally changed. Like, I'm sorry, mom. I didn't mean it. I was like, no, give me the stuff back because like, I don't want you to think that you can just do these things, you know, like, no. no And like, can I afford for her to spend this money? Yes, I can. But what is the lesson that I'm trying to teach her? Right. Like right. it's, I ha you have to make these decisions that I'm like, you have to, like, think like, what is the lesson that I want to teach her on this? Like she has to learn responsibility, managing money, you know, all of that stuff. And if she's going to start going out with her friends, then I have to be able to trust that she makes the decisions that I gave her. So it was a good opportunity for me to like teach her a lesson and say, yeah. you know, like, this is not right. Like, I'm just not going to be like, oh, well, will you spend it? So, okay. You know, I was like, no, you give me the stuff back. We're going to return it. Like, this is, this is just not how we operate. Like, that's not, no es que yo, like, that I want to teach. But, and so, in those moments, that's where, like, I decide, you decide, right? What are the lessons that you want to teach your children? Like, do we just let it Thanks. go? Porque ay pobrecita, she deserves it. I'm like, no, that you know, she doesn't. Like, we need, I I always struggle with that. Like, how do I teach mm-hmm. my kids To have that ethic, that love for hard work, and at the same time, give them a better life and give them better opportunities than me, but not spoiled. Like, it's just such a struggle with, you know, with our upbringing, like our Mexican upbringing and our our American livelihood and our American life. It's just, it's just, it's, it's complicated.
2: If I told you how many times a day I ask, and I'm not like, you've seen also, I'm not like the most religious person. I definitely believe in God. I was raised Catholic. But if I told you how many times a day I ask like the entity, God, like what, what is being called of me in this moment, mm-hmm. in this moment? And I'm, am I meant to be generous? Am I meant to be compassionate? Am I meant to be strict? Am I meant, to, and it, and I never have the damn answer. I'm not going to lie. Like I've sought professional help because at moments I'm just like, I don't have the answer. Can you give me one? And there isn't one. I was, I wish there was some sort of damn formula. To follow when it comes to child rearing and teaching them about work ethic and all of those things and and remember i come from my first attempt at parenting which was with foul i had to really learn how to i'd factored in a lot of guilt into that relationship and child rearing techniques or whatever so there was definitely a lot of well literally like the converse my internal conversation was well i took him away from his dad so I need to compensate in all of these other mm-hmm. areas, yeah. Yeah. Um, right or wrong, like who like es como te digo, it took a lot of um, work and forgiveness and having grace for myself in really understanding that every decision I've ever made with regards to my children comes from a place of wanting them to be okay mm-hmm. or love or whatever. That yeah. doesn't mean that I did the right thing many right. times. Um, So just kind of learning in the process, you know, but I'm I'm proud of my kids. They're good kids. I've definitely made mistakes, mistakes that I paid for. I've been so super generosa con los tres. Philip is our source of discipline here in the home. I am all about give them everything, buy them everything. Ya sabes, I carry a lot of guilt because Mm -hmm. I'm a working mom. I carry a lot of guilt. And for me, the way my dad used to fix it because he wasn't, he worked a lot and he wasn't around was literally like, we're going to take Karina Marcella to the Hello Kitty store and they can buy whatever they want. Like that was his <laughs> way. Like Ooh, what
1: that, was your favorite? What was your favorite Hello Kitty character?
2: I don't remember the names of the characters what? in, Pupon, I mean, in there was a store. Yeah, the Sanrio, the Sanrio San store. Rio uh-huh, San Rio. I was obsessed with that frog. Remember the frog? Oh. oh, the
0: little frog? Yes. The green I one. Was a, I was a Pachaco. Was- I was Pachaco.
2: I don't remember the names. There was just the frog. There was just all eyes. And I had all of the frog things because yeah. every time my dad would be like, okay, I need to like check in and show my love. Awesome <laughs> human being. But like that was his love language, yeah. right? Yeah. And for me, a lot of it has been that. And I have that I'm kind of really working on and looking into. Um, I have a physical reaction to when I see my children suffering that I immediately try to alleviate. Which is not good. Like, they need to figure shit out. Yeah. They need to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I told yeah. Philip, like I'm not going to the karate classes anymore because I can't see the sparring. I can't see <laughs> David's it, confused and suffering <laughs> on why he has to spar with a friend. And I was like, I just need to remove myself from those situations because I am physically unable to tolerate. I buy the thing, I okay. give them the snack. I Take him to the place. Yeah. I you know what I'm saying? Like no no puedo con el sufrimiento, which is very selfish because I'm not being able to deal with my emotions. So I, you know, stop him by giving them whatever they ask for in that moment. So that has been really hard for me as a parent to figure out.
0: But there's always a balance, right? In the in the house. And then it's like you know, you're saying like your Philip is more of like the strict one. So there's always like a balance, I feel. Because I'm the totally. strict one and my husband's like the ah, the babies, you know, like and so there's, I think that that's the, the, the good thing about like a, a relationship where, you know, one parent does one thing and the other parents does the, the other thing. Like when you scold, when I scold them, they say, daddy, when they scold and say, mommy. So it's just like, you know, it's a good balance.
1: Marcella, when you mentioned like the seeking of help, I would love to know, I think myself and I think a lot of women who look up to you and who follow your journey on social media, have seen you grow tremendously this past two and a half years. And I was thinking about that this morning when I was in the shower, not to freak you out that I was thinking about you in the shower, but I was. Um, and, I was like, <laughs> and I was like, you want to talk to her? And I'm going to ask her, like, I'm sure you, obviously it's your life, so you're totally aware, but like from someone looking outside in, I remember even like your, your yoga journey was started mm-hmm. like a year and a half ago, I think. And I clearly remember certain posts of people that would say certain things that were negative towards you, especially when you shared your story about stop to stop drinking. And then you would like talk back, not talk back, I don't think that's. but you would speak your mind freely and openly. And I was just and I would just feel so inspired by you to be like, what courage is it to be open and just see the growth that you've that you've gone through and then to see you on the other side I mean again I don't know what you were going through personally but then to see you now and how like your eyes light up differently your energy is just so ever-flowing and I think that a lot of people think it's easy Mm -hmm. Um, but seeing your journey makes us believe that anyone can embark on this journey and anyone can heal themselves and it's a work in progress so I would love to know like how you what kind of work you've done. Um, Mm -hmm. when you say I seek help, like what professional help you, you seek and just Mm -hmm. a little bit of that journey we've, we've seen you go through in the past two and a half years, I think.
0: And also like uh, what made you like, uh, where, where was your mind when you decided to start this journey?
2: The self healing journey. I think a lot of it really kind of crashed when my mom passed away. 12 or 13 years ago, because it was the first time that the universe dealt me like a, like a shitty set of cards, right? Like, I feel like I didn't really understand human suffering until her death because we were extremely close. So mm-hmm. that was, that put me on a path to question everything from my religion to my relationships, but still like that was like a 10 year journey. But there were so many things that were pivotal. I had tried therapy my whole life. Uh, to deal with the guilt of my divorce, not during my youth. It wasn't, a, I, was, I was in a Mexican household, like therapy wasn't something mm-hmm. that you did, you figured shit out. Yep. But in my adult life, as soon as it started, uh, when I got married in the beginning, it, it all started, me seeking therapy started when I got divorced and I needed to, do. Di- like I could not live with this thing that I was doing something that would affect foul. Mm-hmm. Like that burden just drove me insane and I sought therapy in that moment, I did not feel that it helped me. It was when I discovered, I'm not saying it doesn't work, I went back. So I'll get back, I'll, I'll, I'll circle back. But um, where I found my comfort and in my joy was in the practice of yoga, but not necessarily the asanas, like the physical practice, but the toda la teoria. Mm-hmm. all of the books, uh, the sutras, all of the things that really, really as opposed to this very strict Catholicism that I was raised in, they don't talk about guilt. They talk about the simplicity of navigating life with these very, very uh, basic tools. And that's what's so beautiful about my practice and my study of of that is that it's not complex it's very simple you serve you 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 sabes como it's not complicated it's about just making the right choices and how you choose to communicate how do you choose to interact what activities you choose to make a part of your life it all felt very approachable and very simple so yoga was instrumental in the theory of yoga in me finding some balance in a way that ther- therapy never gave me the peace that i found after an hour of practice, which was like kind of mind blowing to me. Like, how do I feel so much joy and peace in this space that I've never felt any place before. So that was huge for me. The stopping, uh, taking alcohol outside of my life was also a very uh, instrumental in, um, in my healing process. I come from a long line of alcoholics. Um, and one day a, a personal situation when I saw somebody drinking that I didn't like the way it looked. And I felt like, and that's the way I operate. I, I'm, I'm very controlling something that I work on. And for me, that was just like, the only way I can control the situation is to eliminate alcohol from my life. So that was me being like OCD in the moment. But um, looking back four years later, it's the best thing that I could have done. It eliminated so much stress and so much anxiety from my life. I did return to therapy a couple years ago, very sporadically because I found someone, and I think this is really important to mention, like especially in our community where therapy is kind of a taboo, still very much taboo. You know what it was is I walked in, as you mentioned with like, I just need to lay it out. And I literally sat with this person and I was like, therapy has never worked for me. Mm-hmm. The only reason that I'm here is because you have that damn piece of paper on the wall. And I need to know that I exhausted every single resource to try and resolve this situation. Like I need the peace of mind of knowing that even though I don't believe in therapy, I tried that too, because mm-hmm. I need to feel mm-hmm. that I did my best with your OCD again, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I was like, I need to put ego and, um, whatever feelings aside and be humble and just do all of the things yeah. to try and resolve. And it ended up being much more helpful, but a lot of it was helpful because I had the courage to speak honestly in that chair. Otherwise it probably would, I would have been like, yep, yeah, see, it doesn't work.
0: No, I, 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 totally agree with you. I was, uh, I think we mentioned we got together a few weeks ago and we mentioned our coach, And you have to find the right person that you really feel that you can be honest with. I told him one day, I said, I don't know why. Like, I have no idea why you make me feel at in such a place that I can be. I've told him things that I feel inside of me that I've never said, even in therapy. And I'm like, I don't know why. I just feel like I can tell you and you're going to give me an actual, like, you're going to tell me something that's going to make sense. Yeah. I think it's very important to connect with the person that makes you feel that way. And it's so weird for oh, the yeah. people that have never taken therapy because how can you tell a stranger all the like, your deepest things? But it's just such a release. It's just putting it out there. And, and every time I'm like, I have to tell you something because of, like I've been carrying it around and I didn't understand that before. And then I say it and then I just listen to myself and I'm like, oh, okay. I know where it's coming from. It's, it's important. It's so important. I say that again and again, I, I had a therapist once, which I didn't click with. It sucked. Then I found someone else that I, I work with. But when I found um, Victor, I was just like, I don't know why you just make me feel like I can t- tell you anything. And I, so can I tell you what, a
2: theory that I have? I think it's perhaps, perhaps there wasn't this, because um, one of the reasons that it worked for me, perhaps because you weren't seeing him as a therapist. I think it's mm-hmm. that balance of power that can be problematic. And when I I sat with this person, I was like, you're not teaching me anything. We're on this journey together and we will just kind of exchange ideas i was brutally on like he would laugh he was so uncomfortable with how brutally honest i was (laughs) in that moment he would giggle like oh my god um but like i think i needed and i think that's why i struggled with therapy it's the ocd again i was like Mm -hmm. i refuse to believe that any other human has a higher ground on my personal life situation like i refuse to sit in a chair where somebody Will have solutions on a life that they haven't lived. Like mm-hmm. I had a really hard time with that, and it wasn't until I sat with this person. And I'm like, you know nothing about my life. I've never believed in therapy, but you're a professional, so I need you just to give me like the the the
0: the, the steps, the checklist, uh,
2: the checklist, <laughs> yeah. and then. But but a relationship was established. A relationship mm-hmm. was established. So. So that's why I also believe like I was able to survive my, my life with, without therapy for so many years because I had my sister. That safe space also exists with Karina where mm-hmm. I can we can speak about mm-hmm. anything. And she's better at this than I am because I'm much more judgmental. She doesn't have a judgmental bone in her body. So I, I grew up. Yeah, no, I grew up with that safe. So there's always a sister. I am the <laughs> asshole where she's constantly reminding me like, Marcela, remember how I, I didn't have an opinion? I'm like, yes, you're right. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have an opinion. Um, <laughs> but she's always been that safe space for me. So I think that's why so many years I was able, because I had a person that was willing to listen and not judge for years, yeah. years. And then with this particular situation, I just felt like I needed... OCD. I needed. I needed to the check the list that I have. Ex, that I had exhausted every single resource. I in my mind, I was like, "You have money. You can pay for this. Go do it. Like it'll give you peace of mind. Whether it works or not, at least you can say that you tried." And I tried, and it helped. What
1: are some of the things that you do like now to maintain? Right? Because mm-hmm. I think when it comes to personal growth, there's you know the initial. There's the there's the there's the the first step. Right. The bravery. The Sitting down, the telling yourself something needs to change, something's not working. How do you maintain the car? What are your? How do you change the oil on your car um, frequently per se, and things that you do on a regular basis to keep you sane?
2: That's a great question. I think more than 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 what I do, it's just coming into this acceptance. This is like a big mm-hmm. one for me that I can be going through a really rough moment with work or with foul or with the babies or with Philip and that it's Mm going to pass and I can coexist in that really difficult moment and enjoy other areas of my life. Like I Mm -hmm. had to do the work to be able to compartmentalize. However you say that word in English, And be like, it's not being in denial. It's being like, I'm not going to let this one situation put a cloud of rain over my entire life situation. So it's kind of like that yin and yang thing. It was really training myself to say, you can be going through something excruciatingly difficult in one area of your life and enjoy this dinner or enjoy a night with Philip or enjoy the kids' soccer game or enjoy this conversation with Fau. Really, it was about training myself to walk into as many situations as I could, leaving the baggage behind. And it's that cheesy, like living in the moment sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But when you actually internalize it, and you really make an effort to be like, I am going to walk into this situation and just enjoy this moment. And that really me quitó mucho peso de mi vida la habilidad yeah. de decir. It, you're not being a hypocrite by smiling and enjoying when this other part of it is crumbling it's mm-hmm. fine like yeah. those things need to coexist because nobody's on a high 100% of the time or on a low 100% of the time and it's being able to just accept everything for what it is and take it day by day 100% that's also a really important part that nobody tells us how important um and i've been really bad at this in the past but how important it is to Oh my God, take care of your physical self and the huge impact. Like if I'm dehydrated, that manifests itself in my body as anxiety.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I need all these fixings in my body. No, I'm
2: telling you, like even eating right, like it's it's crazy and super annoying. But for me, I don't know about anybody else, like uh, doing things f- from a healthy perspective brings down my anxiety, not completely, but como rayitas.
1: Yeah, and here's the thing that I think people use that word "healthy," and I, I and I think it's just it automatically shuts people down in some sort of way because it, I don't know if it's healthy for me anyway. Um, and what I've experienced with people, I think it's just like not healthy, but things that like need to happen in order for the the car to run properly, right? Like you're gonna put gas in your car. You're not gonna put you know vinegar and oil or whatever. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like I think it's just and, and that's the
2: work. Yeah, that's the work. That
1: that's, that's the It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And it's it's not
2: work. easy. It's a lot of work. Especially for I said this to Philip the other day, like, and I think it's a man woman thing. Like I hate to categorize like that, but Philip oh, no, I always he, do. Uh-huh. When he's feeling anxiety, he's like I need to go for a run. And I am unable to even put on my sneakers if Same. I have anxiety. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I wish I was you. That when, the moment then I start to feel like a loco, because you can physically see him. Like he, exercise, He's the most disciplined. He's military about his health and well-being because he was a soccer player. He played every sport in the book. He's very disciplined. And I can see him. He hurt his knee, so he would have to go a few days without working out. And he's like, I need to find something. And he would go find a pool because that didn't hurt his knee. And I was like, I need to explain to you how I understand that yoga and my physical practice and training and maybe running, whatever, it does make me feel so much better, but I cannot even get to the studio if my mind is all messed up. Like I need to fix that first before I even put on my yoga pants. And I think it's different for men. I think, uh, and I comfort eat a lot. Hello, that's my drug. It's Food is my comfort. I come from a family of fairly small people. So fortunately for the amount of food I eat, I should definitely be overweight. I have a really fast metabolism, but it, it, it's not what the weight gain that happens for me. It's how I feel. Yeah. It's like, I feel like shit. I eat more food. I feel more like shit. I eat more food. And it becomes this like vicious cycle that, that doesn't end with me going to the yoga studio. It ends with me grabbing more food mm-hmm. or cheese. Yeah. You know,
0: I just want to say like, I, I've always loved you, but I love you even more because, you know, when, uh, when people don't really know Marcella behind the scenes and they just know Marcella on the screen, like on the foot network and doing all these things, you always have this idea of like, oh my God, Marcella has it all together. You know, like how does she do it? How does she have that perfect life with those perfect kids and those perfect house and that perfect everything? like, You know, and to know and to realize. Does
1: not how to do a perfect uh, tablescape, though. I will say that, Marcella. I will take that. I will take that. She (laughs) knows how to do that perfect tablescape.
0: (laughs) She does. But, you know, like people think that your life is just bubbles and hearts and unicorns. And it's like, oh my God, you know, she has that amazing life. And you're being so honest allows other people to feel normal. You know, allows other people to say, "Oh, okay, like I'm not crazy." Because a long, for a long time, I felt like I was crazy. I was like, "Estoy loca," there's something wrong with me. Like, you know, what is? Why can't I just get rid of all these anxiety and things? And like, nobody understands me. And you know, like, I felt guilty about be about feeling like this. And just seeing people like you gives people that feel like that and feel alone the permission to say, "Oh." okay, like I could do it too, you know? And I appreciate that so much.
2: I just think we're all going through it, man. And whoever mm-hmm. pretends they're not is bullshitting. I think we are all going through it. And I think for, for the folks that have been with me on on not only the whole journey, but more importantly, the last couple of years, especially with the Zoom classes, I have cried, I have snapped at my sister, I have snapped at my kids. I have I have just been willing to be like, Fuck, I don't care anymore. I just, I truly don't care. Um, not in an irrespect, disrespectful or ungrateful thing to my followers, where I'm like, I don't care what you think. It was more like an I don't care of how I am perceived, not only by my friends and family, but by the viewing hmm. public. Like mm-hmm. I simply stopped caring because I couldn't carry that weight anymore. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Ugh. I think
2: that's what the a connection. goal. But that's what makes my connection so much stronger to people. When Mm -hmm. I'm out there signing books and meeting people, is like, and I just said this to a woman. The you you talked about me snapping back. I was like, maybe I need to control myself. But she she has, she has a, she had a huge issue about something I posted. Like one out of a hundred, whatever thousands of followers. Like she had a big issue with something I posted, and she was like, and I didn't even read what she said, but I did respond. I said, you will never in your entire life have a say of what I post on my social media, ever end of conversation, you will never, ever influence what I write, because if you do, that is the end of me. If I allow Mm -hmm. myself to Mm -hmm. be swayed by what you think is appropriate, the causes that you think I should support, the words Mm -hmm. that you think I should use, uh, the people that you think I should include in my this room, like if I allowed myself to be swayed by your opinion of a stranger that simply has an opinion based on my Instagram platform, That is the end of me. Right. That is Mm -hmm. the end. But it took a really long time to be, especially in the world where we're living in now, where you get canceled for saying one wrong word, for me to be able to say, I am not concerned with what you think I should be representing here. But it took a really long time and a lot of work and courage to get there. Oh, my God.
0: I hope the next book that you're writing is about your journey of healing, because I think that would be a great one.
2: Ah, que bella gracias. I, listen, and all I say to people is, it's just that we're all on the same damn journey. We're, we're all going through the same damn thing. It's just that some people aren't re- willing to talk about it. I'm okay. Listen, the only reason I don't share more is because I can't tell you about whatever my struggle with my teenager or if my kids, because that's their life. And I don't want to yeah. expose them or my relationship with Philip. Like, I have no qualms, like sharing everything, but that's his story to tell. Like, I, I want to be definitely respectful of the people around me that are involved in these stories, like stuff on the internet lives forever. So I am cautious about how much I present to the world. If it were up to me, I don't care. I think that's, that's why some, so many of these, like, You know that's why Alcoholics Anonymous is so successful, and and these support groups are so successful because they become safe spaces where people openly talk about their experience, and in in that vulnerability is that connection. And and it's not that you're healing other people; it's it's ninety percent of it is very selfish because I'm healing myself in that process of just sharing all the shit. You know. (sighs) Well, we could talk
0: with you forever.
2: Por eso te amo, Marcella. igualmente. So
0: like... No, you are. You are like t- totally hashtag girls.
1: I am so happy that you came in. Thank you for taking the time. I want to be respectful because I know you're a busy woman running the world and your household. At Chef Marcela. I know you're having a sixth book right?
2: Yes, Happening. yes.
1: And that's the yes. one that you're publishing
2: with all your Zoom recipes, correct? Yes. That's coming with HMH. We don't have a pub date yet. It's 2023. I haven't even turned it in. I'm supposed to turn it in the next couple months. So we're looking at probably fall 2023, third quarter. It's all of the recipes from the cooking classes. Like fall is perfect.
1: Fall is perfect. It's the best time. Holidays.
0: And then your book, the the children's book that you have, you want to talk about it?
2: Yes. So that's out now, uh, Cocinando on Cook Street, like on on all major platforms, which is super awesome. And it's a fully, all of the ingredients and all the procedures are listed in English and in Spanish. And the illustrator, Elisa Moreno, una mexicana, she illustrated every single member of my family and all this whole house. Like it's every
1: member of your family. Like when I first heard about it, I thought it was just your immediate you know family and as i was reading it and going through the stories i was like your grandma like everyone it's awesome. them, yeah.
2: such a special
1: beautiful
2: well, i was like if if we don't sell a single copy at least they will be immortalized as illustrations so <laughs> you're breaking <laughs> records a- Girl, you are breaking publishing records I saw the
0: lines of people
2: we It was just speaking to that. What we were talking about before representation, there were no other bilingual cookbooks. I think I found one on Amazon for kids that was bilingual. Just crazy, so, right? It just,
0: it's crazy. We just
2: got to speak to our people. We do. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much, Marcella. So, you know, at chef Marcella, right. in every platform.
1: Yeah, you have a fan here too, Raul. He, um, he's like, is this like chef Marcella? And I'm like, yeah, that's her. By the way, I hope you got, I hope you got the package.
2: So hi.
1: Gonna come say hi. He's going to come say hi. He's a fan.
2: Hola, Raúl. Mucho gusto. Ah, no me oye, no me oye el Raúl. Raúl. Hola. ¿Cómo estás, ¿Cómo amigo? Está? Mucho gusto. ¿Cómo me le va? Bien.
0: Mucho gusto en conocerla aquí.
2: La tiene trabajando, la bris, No le hagas caso.
0: Ok, aquí. <laughs> <laughs> Pero no queda que, que trabajar.
2: En la vida, Gracias. gracias, Dios
0: lo okay,
2: gracias. He's awesome.
0: He's
2: your
1: MVP. He's
0: great. He's great. I told him
1: to ignore you. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he oh. He loves me and I love him. Thank you so much, Jeff. Gracias. We love you. We adore you. Um, and I'll see you. And Chula Vista with a bomb tablescape. Can't
2: wait. Love you so much, Marcela.
1: Beautiful. Let's take a break and come back with our super mama pick or tip of the week. We'll be right back.
0: And we are back. Thank you, Marcela, we are back. for your work. Yeah, I'm telling
1: you, she's amazing. I mean, I don't know. It's like she took us to church.
0: She did. She really did. I really needed that. I really needed that conversation. She's amazing.
1: There's nothing else to say, but she's the best. She's the GOAT.
0: She is the GOAT. I love her. She's hashtag goals. What is, do you have a tip this week, sister?
1: I am always ready with my tip. Maybe you, you're you not ready and that's why you want me to go first. Is that it? I
0: no. I, I mean, I would say... <laughs> I have a pick this week. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you want like a bougie pick or do you want like a regular ass pick?
0: I want I I want. I want whatever you want to give us, sister.
1: Let's see. Right now, my son is really into this movie and I want to give a shout out to this movie. He's really into this movie called Sneakerella. If you all haven't seen it, hmm. highly recommend it. If you have, my son is seven, but I think it'll be great for any child. It's such a great movie. It's basically Cinderella, but a dude with sneakers. A dude? And has really And has really good music. And right now is the only thing that's playing on, in my Spotify playlist, just Sneakerella soundtrack. And he's been watching it and he loves it. And now he's drawing on his sneakers and he wants to be a shoe designer. Oh, so, what? That's yeah, amazing. That's, that's, and he's just singing and dancing. And I thank you, Disney, for making great.
0: Great, just great movies. Mm-hmm. I love that. I haven't watched it. I'm going to tell the girl to check it out. Sneaker Especially, I mean, I, I know a lot of us have kids.
1: It? I don't know, just uh, nobody a like super famous. The, it, here's the thing I, it's summer, and I think a lot of parents are going to have kids at home. And, you know, I know there's a lot of like TV watching <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: happening this summer. Sneakerella.
0: A sneakerella. I am going to, I'm going to look it up. I am definitely going to look it up. Well, talking about summer, I think I'm gonna do a quick tip as well. Something that I recently learned, and I was thinking about it the other day because I used it this weekend. When we traveled to Texas and it was super, super hot, and we were really hot, Patty Rodriguez gave us a tip to keep ourselves mm-hmm. cool. And I had never tried that before, but I thought it was like a really cool tip. And I, I was like, I need to give this you when you when it's really, really hot and you're a and you when it's really hot and you're wearing a hat. You can grab a few pieces of ice cubes and just stick them in the seam of your ha- of your hat. Like you can we put I put like 3. I put one in the middle, like one in como se dicen mis sienes? ¿Cómo se dicen las sienes? Temples? Temples, mm-hmm. One in oh, each look temple. You Did like in- you do know how to speak English? That's más o menos. One in each temple and then two in the back. And that really helped with the heat. So, you know, I know like a lot of us moms are like soccer moms or sports or the summer's coming. You need to take your kid and the kids don't care about the heat. I don't know how they do it. But if you need to cool off, I would say, you know, grab a little piece of ice and put it inside your hat. And that really, really helps. That just I don't know. It was just magic and it helped us stay refreshed. That's my tip for the summer. It's
1: a really good tip.
0: That is a really good tip. I really, mm-hmm. I, that's something that I'm always going to be doing now.
1: So I just realized I really love the heat. I really love the heat. You
0: do? Oh my God. I was thriving in Texas. You were. You really were. I think you were the only one that was like, yeah. And we're like, a uh, dying. I know. I think people like, took. Come on, girls. Like a like a bunch of us took a few, like took some time to recover. And you were like, let's go. Let's do it again. We're like, oh my god!" <laughs> yeah. I like thriving the heat. Uh, the heat. Yeah. I don't know. That was a different kind
1: of hit. I was like ready then. to go, and all of you was like, "All like, uh, <laughs> come on, <laughs>
0: let's keep going." I know
1: Let's do it again. I'm sure we can. All right, that's the show, guys. We'll see you later.
0: Thank you so much. <laughs> see you next week. Bye.
1: Hey, sisters! Thank you so much for listening. Hope all of you guys are subscribed to our newsletter. If you're not, make sure you hit that subscribe button on SuperMamas.com. We will be sending out invites to upcoming events, promos, and super cool surprises your way. And, of course, you can always keep up with us through the gram at underscore SuperMamas. And on Twitter, also at underscore SuperMamas. And in the face at
0: Podcast. Oh, one more thing. We want to hear your Supermama moment of the week to share with all of you sisters. Call into our hotline, 424-329-3707 and leave us a message or simply email us a voice note to hello at supermamas.com. Very soon, we could be featuring you on the show. Please remember to leave your name and Instagram handle for a chance to be featured. Much love. And see you next week. Super Mamas!